My name is Matt Brown. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. And let's start the show. You check him out. He does this just about every day. Everybody, the world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Tuesday, January 11th, 2022, and we have a gigantic and entertaining and a all-in-out phenomenal NFL postseason podcast for you today. So before we get into all that fun, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're at Twitter at ProdCovalPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. So I, so, so I hope everybody had a great weekend. I certainly did. A wonderful one, in fact. And... In between the wonderful things that took place over the weekend, the grind, getting two flat tires in the same day, getting through the snowstorm and just chilling with good company, it was a great weekend for sure. And it was also the final weekend of the NFL season. 18 weeks gone. See ya. Good riddance. We're going to have a great time when the regular season comes back next year. But it's early January. It is cold. It is frigid. And it could be even annoying to some people to get through it. But the silver lining is that the NFL playoffs start this weekend, starting on Saturday, all going all the way through Monday. And what else can I say more? We have just a great experience on the horizon, and that's watching postseason football something everybody can enjoy and as i said it's going to start on saturday where we have the las vegas raiders playing the cincinnati Bengals on nbc at 4 30 after that you have the pats and the bills then sunday we have the eagles and the bucks the 49ers and the cowboys the steelers and the chiefs and then monday night we have arizona versus los angeles as in the los angeles rams so What else could we be missing on a great wildcard weekend ahead? And of course, we're going to talk about other things. We're talking about the coaches' firings, as yesterday was Black Monday. Who did get fired? Who should have gotten fired? And so on and so forth. We'll briefly hit on the Giants and Jets as their miserable seasons come to an end. And yeah, the crew's back. We are here together, and we are going to enjoy the next many minutes together talking about NFL postseason matchups and we're gonna see who predicts the best matchups and where things are gonna go from there so on today's show we have Tommy Brown Byron McKeon and Alex Renelio we're gonna talk all things NFL playoffs so let's finish this portion and let's get to it Alex Tommy, Brian, it's your guys' turn once again let's get to it this is a very productive conversation Oh, I know I'm trying. 
the other three awesome dudes in this chat. They love this time of year. 18 weeks in the book. And now starting this Saturday is the NFL postseason. Wildcard weekend kicks off on Saturday. We have games on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And we are going to cover it. We're here every Tuesday for the rest of the month. We are breaking down the NFL postseason week by week. And I have the best people around to help me do it. And we, all of us, are going to entertain and inspire you, the greatest fans listeners in the world. Plus, today's show will focus on the firings that took place yesterday as we're recording on Black Monday. So we'll see what happens unless there's any breaking news. And hopefully there is because you know who I want. We'll focus on um, just how the number one seeds play into this. And then we're going to break down the matchups one by one. So here we go. Let's kick this off, literally. So first on the show today, we have the great Brian McEwen here. What's up, Brian? Great to see you. Staten Island's own, the Cowboy fan. We know he's excited. Can't wait. It's, it's, it might be time. It might be time for another one. It might be time. Okay. Well, you know how I will feel, and we'll discuss that throughout, but best of luck indeed. And another guy whose team, it's been a very long time. Maybe it's the time for this guy's team. I know for a fact he has a lot to say after Sunday night's epic matchup. We have the Las Vegas Raider fan, Alex Renelio here. What's up, Alex? What's going on, man? Happy to be back. Let's go, Raider Nation. All right. And then we have the Giants fan. We have... NCAA Division One athlete Tommy Brown recorded from my own studio, and which <laughs> I miss as he's my great brother and he has one of the best football minds I know. So, Tommy, great to see you. What's up with you? Nothing much. Thanks for having me back. Of course, gentlemen, let's get to it. The National Football League, the 2021 season, before we hit the matchups, before we hit the coaches' firings. And then me just ranting on the Giants because this is just my show and this is the one selfish thing I'll do. But, you know, we'll make it fun anyways. And I need to hear your perspectives. But anyways, I'll just throw it out there. How do you guys feel about the NFL this season? And when a year where COVID ran amok again, we have legends staying put. We have new stars arising. We have franchises shocking us, franchises disappointing us. And we've seen teams lose seven straight, then win eight straight, and then fire their coach because why not? I mean, shit has gone down already, and we're just approaching the postseason. So how do you guys feel about the NFL this season in a general sense? I was excited. Very, very excited. It was, it was just me, but I felt that like majority of the NFL was competitive this year. I feel like and mm-hmm. they were, we, had, we had like, you know, but like, most of the NFL was actually competing and even the Lions, they were competing every week, like close games. It was like fun to watch football again. One of the best two team, two win teams, I think of the year, <laughs> low key. what do you think of the season, Tommy? Well, I think this year it had definitely one of the best or one of the most uh, entertaining or interesting off the field news this year. There was a bunch of off the field news, like with yeah. AB, uh, John Gruden, uh, so many more that there was a lot of, a lot of stuff going on off, off the field. Yep. Made the season much more like, I guess, entertaining. <laughs> Indeed. Talk about 
infamous things that took place. And Alex, how do you feel about this season? Yeah, just a little bit of both of what you guys said. Um, no, it was a nice mix of real competitive games. Um, I really like the 17 game season. I think um, a lot of teams made it to the finish line more than we thought. And there was a lot of ups and downs, um, ebbs and flows between the divisions, seeing a lot of the hierarchy in each division uh, change over. I think there's a lot of surprise teams and a few disappointing, disappointing teams, but it was really cool to see a lot of the power shift throughout the course of an 18 week season. And I like how every team plays within division the last week. Um, I think it keeps things really, really competitive, a lot more at stake, um, at least from my own experience. And, uh, and you know, it, it, allows teams to play spoiler that are two, three win teams. So even if you have a good dense amount of the population of the, um, of the league at the middle of the pack, you could still get some really interesting games in there up until the end. So I thought it was a really good experiment by the NFL tweaking things um, from last season to this season. And I think there's a lot of good positives to take away from it. Absolutely. And like I said, we have an entire postseason to experience once and for all on top of this. And you make great points, Alex. The Indiana the oops, the Indianapolis Colts are not playing in the playoffs because of a competitive team in the Jaguars, and yet they still have the number one pick going into the draft. You had spoilers with um the Lions. They beat the Packers last this past week. They didn't have to do that. So you're right. I think it was a lot of fun. I think it was definitely needed. And all I can hope now is that COVID doesn't ruin the integrity of some of these games coming up because imagine a Super Bowl where there's backup quarterbacks played. And uh, I mean, nothing, nothing against them, but you know, people, we don't want another fluky season to take place. And I don't think that was the case last season, but hopefully that doesn't happen again at all this season. So yeah. I also think before we move on, I think like the old phrase, like you don't notice your car until it stops working. I think that kind of goes <laughs> well with, I think it goes well with the officials yeah. of the, uh, the refs as well for the season that they've had, because they're always under fire. It's kind of a thankless job. And um, they didn't, re there wasn't really many egregious calls from this year that I can remember off the top of my head. Um, I know that there was a couple pass interferences that they're going to have to look at, um, especially with like that chargers play from last night with the ball way out of play. But I, I think that they're doing a pretty damn good job as the seasons continue on too. 100%. We have not had any egregious calls. We have not had a situation like the NFC championship a couple seasons ago and stuff like that. And let's keep it that way. So the big thing before we continue, all right, we're recording obviously on Monday for Tuesday. So we'll talk about the events that took place today. The infamous black Monday, the day where we see a lot of NBA, uh, sorry, NBA NFL franchises clean house and coaches get fired. Unfortunately, so notable names include Mike Zimmer from Minnesota is out. Matt Nagy from Chicago out. Brian Flores surprisingly out in Miami after again, a stellar season starting at one and seven coming back to 500 though short of making the playoffs they did defeat the patriots yesterday and um it's been quite the time the broncos fired their coach and am i missing anyone so far i don't think so um obviously urban meyer and jacksonville already got fired already 
Did you mention and, Matt Nagy? Yep, Matt Nagy's too. Okay. So yeah, I think I hit up all the firings. So there's six as of this moment. So let's take it back. I'm gonna ask you this. Who do you think definitely? I guess this is kind of obvious, and I let my opinion already, but who of that group, of the people at group, who do you think deserved it? Did they all deserve it? Did they all do? Do you think they should have got another chance from the uh, five to six coaches I met? I mentioned, as I said, Brian Flores, I think that's just a joke of the Dolphins franchise. I'll start the conversation there. It seems their owner, it was a power struggle between him and Tua, and he chose Tua. And yeah, I, uh, it's quite embarrassing. It seems that Brian Flores will easily get a job if he wants one. And, um, that's definitely the most disgusting firing I saw, but I think the other ones, it was time to go, Even though I do like Matt Nagy as a coach, but it just got so bad. And the team that for somebody who had so much sad against him from Mr. Bisky to Matt Park to Cody Parkey hitting the doink. I really think he, if it shows, as long as you have good players and they don't make dumb mistakes, he can win in this league too. So I think it was just his time to go. But out of everyone else I mentioned, how do you guys feel about the firings that took place today? I got two remarks. I'll start with the outlandish one. Uh, Matt Nagy getting fired. Mitchell Mitchell Trubisky deserves a second chance in the NFL. (laughs) Oh, elaborate on that. Why do you think Mr. Brisky should get a second chance? He, should, he doesn't. The, they just, they didn't sur- like the, yeah, you could say they surrounded him with the defense, but an offensive offensive minded head coach did not put him in a correct <laughs> scheme. He went, I have a quarterback and I know his limitations. I'm going to do my offense and not care. And that is the worst thing you could do. Is the worst thing you could do. It's like trying to fit, you know, when you were in kindergarten, a square in, the, in like the triangle hole in the block thing. It doesn't make sense. Like Mitchell Trubisky is like a, you know, game manager, play action, heavy run. And they decided to, before David Montgomery in the last two seasons, his last, uh, the last year with Trubisky and now this year has really come into his, to, to the ground and pound. Before that, it was Tariq Cohen doing screens. And it wasn't, it wasn't really like, you know, a run game. They really didn't have a true tight end. They have Jimmy Graham, but he's on the ends. And then you yeah. have now Cole Komet coming into play. They just didn't know how to run the O-lines. The O-line was always bad. They didn't have an offense around him to support him. That's my fear with like Zach Wilson and like, you know, Trevor Lawrence is when you have a quarterback with the skill set, you need to build around him. If you don't, they're never going to learn. And they're never going to actually live up to the potential. Mm. And then the second one. Oh yeah, what were you saying? I was just gonna ask, what offenses do you think he could fit in for next season if they were someone to give a chance? Carolina, if Matt Rule's staying, I think Carolina. You know, sign him as a backup, draft a quarterback in the in you know out of college and something like that. Like he need like a system with he needs like a Chicago. He needs Chicago, but with an uh, with a head coach that's actually gonna like change and work with him. All right, I hear that. And what was your second point? Brian Flores, um, the Denver Broncos. Please call Brian Flores. Um, that man literally took an awful team going 0-7, won eight or nine games straight. And with a quarterback that is below 20, with a rookie receiver, I can't name another other receiver besides him and Devontae Parker on the team. Defense right. is like a no-name defense. And he they took them to almost making the playoffs. 
Brian Flores is a great coach. He just, he needs someone, he needs a, a, you know, a GM and an owner that actually has faith. And it's sad to watch because that man really, you know, he, I think they went what, uh, like 10 wins the season before with the Fitzpatrick and Tua, something yeah. like that, something close to that. And, you know, he, if the three seasons, you know, it, it takes, it takes more than three seasons to been, you know, build, especially with all like, you know, no cap space and, you know, rookie deals and stuff like that. Um, you work a lot of rookies and stuff like that. And they had cap space issues with like Tannehill and everything like that towards the end. It didn't make sense to me. And like a team like Denver, like sign him immediately. You have a defense, go get yourself a quarterback and you'll be in the playoffs. Yeah. I think it's fair to say that Flores' record doesn't represent the great coach he is. And everyone says he's officially the hottest candidate if uh, Jim Harbaugh, depending on how serious he is about actually coming back. Uh, what, do you, what do the rest of you guys think of the firings from today? Um, I think all the firings, I think we all saw them coming except for like Brian Flores. Um, <laughs> as, like this year, he won nine games. Last year, I believe he just missed the playoffs with 10 wins. Yeah. Which is still pretty good. Um, right. I think that's the only one that shocked all of us is seeing Brian Flores. I think all, all the players, he's a player's coach. Like all the players were shocked. Even the players that didn't play for him, they were all shocked that the Dolphins um, fired him. So that's one crazy thing that happened. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with what you guys said. I mean, Brian Flores definitely got destroyed out of the stick. And it's hard when you have the fourth best quarterback in your own division, too, because you're making the most out of the least. Um, it sucks because, you know, he goes four and two against Belichick, which is just impressive. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, and, you know, he completely reset and, and built a culture in just three years' time, which is what any coach would be. Um, you know, uh, wishing hopefully to do. And a lot of the guys that you look around the league that got fired, like Mike Zimmer and Fangio and Nagy, um, then obviously Gruden, like they don't really set a culture successfully the way that he did. So it may be a blessing in disguise because I think he's definitely going to get a second crack at another organization, another coaching job. Like immediately he's got to be the hottest candidate, you know, besides like Brian Dable or uh, Eric Bieniemy, but other than that, I mean, um, a lot of the other guys, it was kind of their time. But in the same breath, I, my 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 general consensus that I would put out to as a PSA to all these other organizations is that you're not gonna you're not gonna reset your culture just by continuously firing co coaches. It's a lot of other things that are involved in building a team, building a roster. It's got to be top down leadership. It has to be good good management good um you know good general manager good assistants good staff good training um you know people have to be accountable so i think you know as much as i'm all for the other coaches being fired because i think rightfully so i think they kind of squandered their opportunities um i think that the organization has to be held a little bit accountable as well and understand that um it's on their behalf that they need to act a little better as well um, for the success of the organization it's true. You sign up as a coach to be fired in extremely rare cases where you leave off in the sunset. And I do agree, Alex, with the exception of my team and the Giants, if you keep firing people, it's not going to change anything if there's if you don't have at least some leverage to actually make the change for it. For instance, Blind Flores did not need to get fired, even if there were rumors of some falling out, especially with his quarterback. That's something that could be fixed between adults. Now, 
my next point with the Giants and obviously somebody who I want to get fired. And I, I don't know if Tommy officially wanted to judge out as the other Giants fan, but for a team that is unfortunately needing to do revolving doors because of just awful decisions when you win two Super Bowls in five years, um, the New York Giants, as of this moment recording, a lot of big changes that took place. One, Dave Gettleman is retiring, yet people know that's just a graceful decision, even though he should get fired. Reckon he did hit some draft picks of legitimate players as a whole. It turned into us going backwards. Listen, this is genuinely pains me to say that the New York football giants are arguably the worst team from the 2021 season, especially at the end where no one was scoring. Even reckon, even with the injuries, no one was making any progress whatsoever. The defense just being torn apart and then getting just blown out by so many bad teams in the day. The bears scored 29 points against us. And then you just see this team. It literally we're on the brink of seeing the giants turn into the jets. And it's funny because the Yankees are turning to the Mets with the decisions they've been making over the past few years. Like, I can't believe we're literally living amongst this. But anyways, I agree with your point, Alex, with the exception of the New York Giants, because they are just so far gone. And now we are awaiting what they are going to do with Joe Judge. Now, the rumor is whoever the general manager they select, it's going to be up to the GM to decide what they're going to do with Joe Judge. Whether that's true or not, that story is still developing. You would like to see John Mayer grow a set of balls and address his franchise for somebody who was one of the most respected owners, and now he's slowly turning into a major joke. Obviously, this is much more emotion than emotion and passion than maybe professionalism in the sense that taking both sides, but I'm just fed up, embarrassed, and I just don't know where this team is going. Reckon we have two picks in the two tops, ah, two picks in the top seven draft picks. I don't know what's going on. People think that Kevin Abrams is going to be promoted from within, which doesn't make sense. Why would you continue to promote a administration that has clearly been underachieving? And you just don't know what the hell's going on. And it honestly might take many weeks until things are resolved. Rant done. What do you have to say, Alex? Um, just to add to that, I think when we talk about top-down leadership again um, with good organizations and successful ones, I think the way that we're seeing the culture shift in the NFL towards you know more offense-oriented and younger coaching and players coaching, um, I think if you are going to you know seek out a competent general manager or a competent president, um, you're going to have to go with a guy who really relates to players, especially if you're going to lure one of these big fish like Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or someone in the mm-hmm. short term near future who's going to get you to success within a three year or five year window. So um, with that said, you know, I would look at, you know, people like Lewis Riddick, someone who's competent, who's been looking at the numbers, watching, studying film that really reflects what players value as well who has experience um you know those are that's like one of many names off the top of my head that i feel would be um that uh could really reel in a big fish like russell wilson because that would honestly be the ultimate best case scenario if you're trying to get um uh, a really quality quarterback tommy as a fellow giant fan um 
How do well, you feel? Or oh, I'll actually give this to well, Brian first. Or Brian, I saw your hand just a couple of minutes after. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say, I feel like the Giants decided to go away from their identity. Um, in, I would say, you know, the last five years of, they keep on trying to press offense and they've never been about offense ever. I, yeah. you know what I mean? Like when I think of great Giants teams, I don't think about offense. I think about great, great defense. Um, Absolutely. I would say go get Mike Zimmer, fire Joe judge, even though you might say Mike Zimmer didn't do well in the Vikings, the Vikings didn't do well because they have a middle of the pack quarterback with an okay offensive line and a lot of just unlucky games. Like they lost a lot of unlucky games and that's just, that's how the NFL works as a, you know, as a Jason Garrett, you know, guy who, you know, watched it throughout my entire life, you know, eight and eight is very easy to do when you just have no luck on your side. (laughs) Um, so, you know, you get, you, gotta, you get a guy like Zimmer who, you know, a lot of people forget was the D coordinator of Dallas when they were winning Super Bowls and was really, really, you know, really, really good. Um, then, and he continued to have great defenses on the Vikings, builds your defense back, draft your draft defense and let the offensive come, uh, come because like right now, like you don't have, you don't have an offensive line to support a rookie quarterback. You have right. a $72 million receiver who doesn't have a quarterback anyway. So it's like, or you just, or a touchdown, which is, I feel like he quit. He quit on the season. Mm. He gave up. He was like, I'm collecting my cash and not getting hurt. All right, Tommy, you've heard both sides who don't have a side in the fight. I'd love to hear your perspective now after hearing two different um, perspectives. Well, well, to piggyback on Alex's conversation about the GMs, uh, one general manager that I, uh, wouldn't mind have bring in is uh, John Dorsey. He was one of the uh, key people that helped change the the Browns around being a yep. own 16 team to drafting Baker Mayfield, getting Jarvis Landry, getting Odell. I think he's one, he's one guy that can, uh, if you want to look at candidates, uh, I think he knows his players and he's been there in the, uh, in the, in the organization where he's helped change around. So that could be one guy. Definitely. Yeah, I think to your point, um, Brian, I think like when we kind of lump Zimmer Zimmer into some of the people who, you know, um, justly or unjustly got fired this year, I think like you could make a case that Minnesota is like right in the mix of things if Kirk Cousins isn't ruled out for that um, Packers game. Because you know, if it wasn't for that, they're right in the hunt for that last playoff spot. And I think that he's gone through a lot of changeover in that organization um, back from the Minnesota Miracle up until now. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think he's a very competent quarterback. I mean, a very competent coach, especially if you're going to go back to your you know defensive identity, which is what the Giants are all about. You also got to remember like the fluke game against Dallas this year, our backup quarterback went for like 350 yards and like, you know, a game winning touchdown, like that doesn't usually happen. And like they lost that game. So it's like, it shows like, you know, that's two wins right there. You throw in the, they're in a wild card spot. And the general philosophy too, is you, you, you bring in a guy who is an expert on one side of the ball and then you basically pay for the other side that you don't understand. So if you're a defensive coach, defensive coach, you master that side of the ball and then you pay for, you know, receivers and, 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 um, and skill position guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think of Joe judge. I know he's a special teams guy. When I think special teams guys, I think enforcers, I don't think of, you know, someone that, you know, he's a leadership guy, but he's not an X's and O's guy. And with a team with this many troubles and like identity crisis, like 
this team looked like it did have heart this year and they had leadership and they knew, you know, passion and everything like that, but they just didn't know how to play football. Right. Right. And also with the defense, especially let's look, if we look historically at the four Super Bowl teams, you're right. All major defenses, you know, whether the first two led by defensive coordinator, Bill Belichick in the Lawrence Taylor, Carl Banks days. And then when we go to Tom Coughlin, especially the pass rushers, Justin Tuck and Michael Strahan and OC. Those were the teams that, you know, defeated, you know, defeated an 18 and 0 Patriots team and then beat Tom Brady again in the Super Bowl. And we are far from that. Dexter Lawrence is nowhere close to being that. Um, seeing Aziz here and there, you think something, but this everything just dropped off. And you know, our conversation can grow a little more once we actually know what the Giants are doing. They're just staying back. Joe Judge, it was amazing how much his press conferences just got worse and worse and how much he could talk out of his ass. And you just, this guy, he also used that skill to win us over at one point. But again, he just, it's just gross. I'm just disgusted. And again, all I can do is just wait to see who the new GM is as we just talked about some good candidates out there, there's the main thing is don't promote Kevin Abrams, or I literally think they will try to burn down MetLife Stadium. <laughs> they should do like um, like a recovery package, like for all the Giants fans that had like were season ticket holders that had to watch this stuff. Yeah, 100%, dude. And well, well, whatever. We'll see how the next few weeks, again, what they will actually decide. But until then, let's go. Uh, I'll, I'll give my endorsement later. But okay. So, dealt with the Giants, the coaches' firings. Now, let's focus on the teams that still remain. So, we'll first hit on the two number one seeds and talk about their trajectory going into it. So, first, the Tennessee Titans, a team, is they're the number one seed. They have a first round bye. Obviously, the major injury problems from you lost Julio at one point, AJ Brown. You lost, you were still waiting to see Derrick Henry's status. He wasn't cleared in the final game of the season. People think with this extra week that he will be in there. Do you guys think this Tennessee Titans team, with the addition of Derrick Henry, especially, are they justifying their, you know, them being the number one seed? Do you think they earned it? And do you think they have a chance to actually make a deep run? We've seen them win playoff games. Mike Vrabel has won games in the postseason, has gone in as far as the AFC Championship. Can they finally get to the Super Bowl? Talk to me about the Titans. Talk about like having a heart of a heart of a Titan. That team is just smash mouth football in your face, ground and pound, with this beauty of play action, with you know two great receivers. If everything is if Derrick Henry is healthy and he's Derrick Henry, you know the king, you know two thousand yards season going at a clip, mm-hmm. they're going to be frightening, frightening. And because the defense can hold up, you know, the head coach for April just knows how to take, you know, if they don't have, you know, besides Bayard and a few other guys on the defense, like I can't name anyone and they're very good. They're sound, they're middle of the pack defense, but like they make plays that offense, you know, the offensive line, it's been banged up, but it's good. But it's, it's just enough, you know, with a guy like Henry, where you could just run the football nonstop run clock. And then you have, you know, play action and you have, you know, AJ Brown and Julio doing skinny posts or crossing, you know, crossing routes. And I would take that matchup every day. Definitely deserve the one seed. Mm-hmm. 
even with Tannenhill, huh? Respect it. Respect the uh, respect. It. Do you guys weird feel weird? Weird year for him. <laughs> well, he had a great year last year too. It was more. I think it was just all an indictment on Adam Gase, like um, completely spoiling his development. Yeah, right. You could really make the what if he had a proper, you know, first head coach. What a story, Tommy. What do you think about what do you think about the Titans positioning? Yeah. I think Ryan Tannehill would be the difference maker for the Titans. If he's on his shit, then they could be a serious team. But now if he struggles or he loses confidence in games where he's thrown picks early, he could, he could slip, but uh, it should, I think it'll go down to how Ryan Tannehill will play. All right. Now the NFC number one seed, the green Bay Packers are in there. 13 and four wrecking a, very tough loss to the light lines yesterday. We could debate if they were really trying or not, but huge momentum, especially when you have a, an, a very stacked NFC playoff. Um, you, you know, the other teams in the NFC, I think it'll be harder for the, to get there from the NFC side than the AFC. When you have obviously Tampa and then you have a good um, Dallas team and then it, the Rams, I mean, it was very important for the Packers to make the number one seed. Now with this, with all the controversy surrounding Aaron Rodgers this whole entire season, yet playing on an MVP level, he's obviously going to be the MVP with um, the team staying relatively healthy and um, anything can happen with their stellar running game as well. Do you think the Packers can make a deep run? Can they finally be the ones to make the NFC champ? They can finally win the NFC championship. They've lost the last four NFC championships since Rogers won in 2010 is fifth time a charm with this one seed. Is this one seed, you know, legit. Um, well, I, I think Rogers it's in the Packers. It's their race to lose. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you said, it's been the past four NFC championships. They've been in, they've lost and Rogers coming off. It's going to be his second MVP season. I think this year is going to be the year for Rogers and the Packers to uh, actually do something. Yeah. Definitely. I think it has to be. I think this is the best uh, crack at it. He's going to get to move on. I mean, I've been very critical of Rogers in the past, I think. And I still think that he's got a lot of his own issues um, both on the field and off the field, regardless, but um, this is their chance to win it. Um, Tampa's not the same team, the same threat as they were last year um, coming into their house. Um, the Rams don't look the same. You know, a lot of the, a lot of these, um, a lot of these other teams have at least one or two fatal flaws with their roster in green Bay. As long as they stay the course, and they don't get too high or too low through the playoffs. I think that they should be there right in the NFC championship game again. All right. No, I def- definitely agree. It feels very last dance. You know, <laughs> off-season yeah. struggles and issues, and then you just have Aaron Rodgers willing, willing the team to literally go all the way through the playoffs. You know, win the Super Bowl, retire, and just go do Jeopardy. It, it just it feels too good. That was gonna well, ask. Do you guys? Oh, you were saying Alex? Oh yeah, no, I was just well, I was just gonna kind of culminate that. It's like you know, you look at like all the great teams in like in in history, like 
of both NFL, NBA, whoever you want to, you know, apply it to, there's never been an ideal situation, but if you're Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I just think that a lack of gratitude is kind of what's driving his unhappiness in the off seasons. I don't think he really fully grasps what the team, what the organization has done to put mm. talent around him. Because when you look at what they've gone through um, season after season, you know, with the roster changes and what they've built, like he's got to be very, very gracious of the talent around him. Um, I don't think there's a better roster in the NFC right now um, for him to, you know, be surrounded by. Yeah, dude, absolutely. And well, that's the big question is what is Rogers going to do next? Also with what Brady's going to do next after this and, game. I mean, he's also getting his left hand, his, yeah, his left hand man, Ryan or not Ryan, um, David Bakatari, he's coming yep. back to be very, him. very important thing yeah. to note there. Huge. Yeah, because I know at, at the beginning of the season, I was worried about losing Lindsley to the Chargers, how that was going to affect that that their offensive line. Um, but the guys they've plugged in have been pretty, pretty steady for him. He hasn't really been too much under duress this entire season. Going to be a fun matchup to see when we do the divisionals next week. And like you said, I think Tommy said it best. It's the Packers postseason to lose, and we'll see if they do. And let's talk about the wildcard weekend. Let's get to it right away. So I'm going to name each matchup, and we're going to see. We're going to break down. We'll make our predictions and go from there. So I'm going to do it in chronological order on how um, the schedule plays out. So first, Saturday afternoon at 4.30 p.m. on NBC, you have the Las Vegas Raiders at the Cincinnati Bengals. Just some notes here. Yeah, this is a rematch from Week 11. The Bengals defeated the Raiders back in Week 11 on the road. And this will be the first time they match up since 90, January 91. Cincinnati hasn't won in 31 years. Joe Burrow is looking something. The Joe, the Burrow and Chase combo is something special growing. Very good offensive line. A Super Bowl sleeper for sure. And then you have the Raiders after the stellar, probably the game of the year, uh, um, defeating the Chargers in a huge overtime field goal with literally only two seconds to spare. And I mean, you, the franchise has gone through hell and back this year, obviously from Ruggins to the crazy, uh, the guy who I can't remember his name with the machine gun, um, John Madden, John Gruden. What a time. And despite that, David Carr, Prove mightily throughout the season. Josh Jacobs shows why he's the secret best weapon. And I mean, with Waller having another big year with Hunter Renfro being a very showing how underrated he is. Broke the, the Raiders also. Record. Yeah. So Receiving. the Raiders um, have a lot of momentum. We'll obviously go throw it to the floor with Alex to start it as the Raiders fan. First, tell me, how did you feel about that game? And how do you think this is going to impact going against a very popular Cincinnati Bengals team? Yeah. Well, I felt for absolutely freaking liberating. I mean, um, <laughs> back in 2016, when Carr was on an MVP course, um, it was really demoralizing when he got hurt week 16 against the Colts and he didn't get to play in that playoff game. So this truly is his first playoff game. Um, they've sure, more than yeah. earned this. They've, they've faced so much resilient, uh, so much uh, adversity this year. 
like I said, like you alluded to with, you know, with the coach firing and Madden passing and then issues with, you know, individual players not being undisciplined in Vegas. Um, you know, it's just one of those those teams where everything culminated at the right time. Um, Pisaccia had that unique opportunity to you know be plugged in as an interim coach and um, take them over the hump and, you know, and prove himself as well. And that'll be an interesting topic for you know, in the future, if he gets a, a second crack at a job as well. Yeah. But, but they, things kind of aligned at the right time. I mean, Jacobs wasn't healthy all early, all season. He had cracked ribs. Um, we had holes in our secondary guys were out uh, week to week. Waller was out six weeks within, with a knee and an ankle. So a lot of things were working against us, but somehow Carr, um, you know, overcame a lot of that and was kind of the guiding light, even when, he wasn't embraced from day one for, uh, by Gruden. Gruden didn't really believe in him. He wasn't his guy. Um, he overcame that. He kind of steadied the tide in the locker room, kept those guys together. And, um, you know, if you look at a lot of the character, we, we don't really talk about character today in society as much, but in sports especially, like a lot of those guys in that locker room, you know, overcame a lot in their own personal lives. And I think that that kind of carried on onto this, onto the field as well. Um, there were a lot of opportunities during the regular season where they, you know, had a two, three game skid. And I'm like, Oh, goddamn Raiders are going down again. I'd <laughs> start, start right into the shitter again. And no, they came back. They won four straight in tight games. Um, Carr has, I think he has the second most game winning drives 30 um, all time since uh, 2004 when he was drafted besides Brady, he has the second most. So um, he's just been clutch. Carlson has five walk-off game winning field goals this year. Um, these guys just show up at the right time. The stars align. And I think that the best case scenario is playing the Bengals versus the chiefs who they probably yeah. would if they had tied because you have Joe Burrow, who d- despite an amazing season, he he's still vulnerable and unproven in the playoffs. Um, Zach Taylor, you know, the jury's still out on him. So they're going to have just as much to prove in their first game um, with limited exposure that uh, the Raiders are, except I believe in Carr when it comes down to it at the end of the day. So I like our chances on Saturday. Okay. Okay. I hear that. And I'm just, as I'm looking for the spread, just to have the official number right here at the moment. Well, I'll, I'll give that information once it loads, but let me throw it to Brian and Tommy. Do you feel what do you feel that the Raiders can beat this Bengals team? Or do you think the Bengals can beat the Raiders? I think it was the, you know, this game they just played last night was the perfect warm-up to the Bengals because the Chargers and Bengals are a very similar type of team. High octane mm-hmm. offense, you know, great running back with, you know a good defense, you know, the, you know, it's a second year quarterback who, you know, is a, they're both going to be MVPs one day if they stay healthy and they're in the right situations. There's no doubt in my mind, they have, you know, similar, you know, you know, we start quarterback style of play and they won and it just shows hard. So I think it was the perfect warm up. Like you just literally need to say, watch game film from last week, act like you did and you'll be fine. Okay. But they got to be careful though, because that Bengals offense is frightening. One, it's Derek Carr has to play a perf his best game ever, and the defense can't allow Joe Mixon to run for over 100 yards. That's what I, that's my, you know, the two key success of the game. As someone who follows the defense like that, do you think 
the, that's going to be a challenge for this defense coming into it? Or do you think they can stop these stellar playmakers? Alex. Oh, well, I mean, um, it's tough because the, the calling card of the, of our season was the defense. And I think that the corners have the potential, but they just, every game they give me mild heart attacks because they, they play very undisciplined both on defense and on offense at times. So I can't really definitively say, I think that if they can, if they could dial in on Jamar chase um, and, you know, force them to kind of spread the ball around in the middle of the field with short gains, I think they could keep, they could keep Burrow intact. Um, it, it depends on how big of a game Max Crosby is going to have and how healthy Perriman is going to be, uh, Denzel Perriman in the secondary because he came off in the middle of the game last night um, with something going on with his forearm. So mm-hmm. they're going to have – that's going to be a um, that's going to be interesting update on his health. But if Crosby can get home and not sacrifice their back end on defense, um, he's been wreaking havoc all year. So he could really change the game for them. He was the key in that Chargers game. It's very, those rushes were very important. Got to the quarterback, even with the stellar jo- Justin Herbert, and we see what happens. Tommy, do you have any notes on this game? Well, you said the uh, the Bengals are home, right? Yeah, it's in it's in Cincinnati. This yeah, game? No, oh, they, the game's uh, in Vegas. It is no, Cincinnati. Oh, sorry, you're right. I was looking at yeah. um, the game from last. For they they played the season. I apologize. There. That's okay. Uh, what yeah. I was. What I was going to say, Bengals versus uh, Raiders, two very good teams are getting hot at the right moment for them. Um, but sorry, Alex, I think that Bengals are going to uh, beat the Raiders. But I truly think if the Raiders were home for this game, I, I would have had the Raiders winning. But the Bengals having home field advantage, I think Joe Burrow will get the best out of them. Yeah. Hear that. And Bengals open up as six point favorites via DraftKings and the over under is 49 and a half. Any notes there? Do you think that's disrespectful? Do you uh, not care? I'm I love it. Bring it on. Bring it on. More, more energy, more overcoming. If, if Carr's feeling himself, then yeah, it could be a close game. All right. Yeah. Good stuff. I think, I think a lot of it's, I think a lot of it's going to boil down to clock management. Um, which team can, you know, possess the ball more because if Carr and, you know, and that offense can run it down their throat and keep Burrow on the sidelines, it's going to be a lot different game. All right. That's going to great game just to kick off this amazing weekend. And then the other game that night, 8 P 8, 15 PM, the new England Patriots are going to Buffalo against um, the Buffalo bills. So Pats and bills, a rematch from another one of the best games of the year. True hardcore grind, gridiron gang football, which resulted in the Patriots winning. Now, it really seems that this game will be decided from the weather. And let me just see the weather that the weather in Buffalo on Saturday night will be, according to weather.com. The anticipation is real. I cannot wait to get a new laptop. This is a 10-year-old laptop. It's started a shit podcast, but, you know, with the research, it uh, takes a while there. But anyways, again, I will maneuver this right here. Just keep hearing me talk. And the weather in Buffalo on Saturday night. is 14 degrees 
and compl- and sunny, partly cloudy with precipitation of 10%. It's going to be really cold. Sounds fun. So, mm-hmm. so big game, big statement game. Mac Jones will be a rookie quarterback in this very important divisional matchup. We have the Bills, who any people think, come at least at the beginning of this season, were Super Bowl favorites. And they had a pretty above average season. And yeah, this is going to be big. How do we feel about the Pats and the Bills? It's one one for the series for yep. the series this year, right? Exactly. Um, I don't know. I, I think weather for this game is definitely going to be the main factor. Because uh, last time uh, they played in Buffalo, it was, it was Mac only threw two passes and handed the ball off forty times. Definitely going to be a, a totally different game than that. Um, but if Josh Allen is, is, you know, playing right that day, then I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Buffalo Bills come on top. But at the same time, it's, it's always you can never bet against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. But um, so I have the Patriots uh, winning this game. OK, you do think that Mac Jones will be able to win this playoff game, take away the um, rookiness and he will be a professional with that stellar defense. He's the- I, I don't think he himself will get the win for the team, but I think it'll either be the run game or the defense that'll uh, be big in that game. All right, Brian, what do you say? No, I agree a hundred percent. I feel it's going to come down to weather. Um, if, you know, if it snows or it's windy, I give the Patriots a win a hundred percent. One thing that I would love to see the Patriots defense do is shut down the Bills passing offense and actually force them to run the ball because I feel like that's their weakness that they did not address in the offseason, the Bills. Um, you know, they kept everyone basically on their offense in the receiving core. They had a quarterback, they upgraded the O-line, and they got a couple of pieces on defense. They did not try to upgrade at the running back position, maybe because they believe in Singletary. You know, I think he had like close to 800 yards this year, but I just don't feel like they have a consistent enough running game with him and their scheme to actually, you know, out Belichick, Belichick, you know, I don't, it's, it's like, you know, like Brady and LeBron, you don't bet against them. It's just even, you know, you know what I mean? Um, I don't bet against Belichick. You can't, I just feel like, you know, he just knows how to command a team. The defense will be sound. And Mac Jones needs to, as you know, we've seen before, only throw two passes to win a game. <laughs> and they have like, they have four starting caliber running backs on their offense. So like, I think they could just run the ball and run the clock. Okay. So we're going to see that hard nosed grind in there. And Alex, do you have any notes regarding the Pats and the bills? Yeah. I mean, just to piggyback off what you guys said, I think, um, New England's going to win in a tight one. I, I see that because, like you guys said, you don't bet against Belichick, um, especially head-to-head. You know, there's no secrets between these two. They've, they've played each other twice. Um, I give the nod to Belichick with his familiarity. And he's willing to dispense – he's willing to adapt at the highest level. Um, if they need to throw – you know, my, my, my thing is with the weather, cons- considering the weather and considering the circumstance, I see a lot of short route stuff. Um, middle of the field, a lot of, you know, uh, pick screens, a lot of runs from Damian Harris and so on and so forth. I think they're going to try to run it down their throat because um, as we saw how the, the Bills were able to get home with pressure um, on the Jets last weekend, um, I think that that's going to be a huge concern with Mac Jones sitting back there in the pocket for too long. So I think they're going to dial up a lot of really quick stuff on a fast pace offense. So, you know, 
I'm sure Josh McDaniels and and um, Mac Jones are talking going to be going to be prepping and scheming all week, obviously for for this game and how they want to orchestrate the offense. And we'll see a lot. Um, we'll, we'll we'll see a lot by halftime because we know that Belichick always has a plan um, in the locker room for second for the second half. Man, can you imagine if you're if the predictions come true and the Patriots defeat the Bills? How bad do you think this can set back that franchise? Tremendously, because at the beginning of the season, it was like Super Bowl appearance or bust. And I think that over the course of the season, I think that they've gotten too centric around Josh Allen and too reliant. It feels like he's got to throw 50 passes and run for 60, 70 yards where they could, um, Brian Dable should maybe, you know, change things up and, and keep the defense on their heels a little more. So it's going to be interesting how they try to spread the offense. You know, do they want to go 60, 40, running the ball, you know, keep the defense honest all game. So it'll be interesting to see how they come out. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. And the spread officially for bills and Patriots as of this moment is it looks like the spread right now is Buffalo the favorites at four and a half. So you guys say vote, um, pick that, pick the uh, money line that go against them. And maybe I, I actually think um, with a struggling season, all season, if you don't broke, fix it. If it's not fixed, you know, if it's broke, don't fix it. If it's broke, fix it. And I just think their bad luck is going to continue as well. So we'll see our under our dog pick there. And then we're going to Sunday, 1 p.m. on Fox. You have the Philadelphia Eagles play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Philly seeing the Eagles in the playoffs generally pisses me off. But uh, for a team that played each for two teams that played each other, the Bucs defeated the Eagles 28 to 22 back in week six. The Eagles went seven to four since then and were able to sneak into the playoffs. Now you have. Jalen Hurts leading that young squad to go up against Brady. Can Brady finally avenge losing to the Eagles in the Super Bowl back in 18? I honestly think this is kind of an easy matchup to predict, and it would be a huge shot if the Eagles could somehow knock off this stellar Buccaneers team. And uh, that's where I'm going with here. Do you guys feel that the Bucks and the Eagles can be an interesting matchup or do we see a potential blowout coming? Um, I think with uh, Brady playing an NAC championship in the playoffs, especially last year, playing the Washington football team in the uh, wild card as well, I think it will be a close game. Uh, NAC East teams usually know how to, at most times, get the best of Brady. And I think... The Eagles will be scoring points, but I think Brady at the end of the day will do whatever he does to uh, get the win for them and advance in the playoffs. I agree hundred percent. I see it as like the first round of last year with that, uh, Bucks Washington football, uh, uh, playoff game. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like it's gonna be a close game. Like Hertz has, you know, Hertz has some magic, you know, I'm a Cowboy fan. So like I've seen him twice, you know, we just, just absolutely embarrassed them. Um, and still, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, actually hurt the Cowboys. We should have lost because then we wouldn't have to pay, play the 49ers, but that's, that's for another time. Um, 
No, but they, like the Eagles do have one of the better run games in the league, and they do have a good defense. So it's like they're definitely going to give Brady problems, especially if you know the Eagles could run the clock, um, and then put him under duress with you know limited weapons. And you know it's going to come down to could someone cover Gronk and you know just force Brady to make you know throws. And if you've looked in the last couple of games, he hasn't really been making. Uh, great Brady decisions. Like I was watching last game and it's like, you know, third and short and he's throwing 40 yard passes, 30 yard passes to Mike Evans when he could just be trying to hit like, you know, short routes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I think the decision-making is starting to get a little uh, uh, questionable just because of the amount of injuries and they really have dip people in different placement, but I'm still going to go with Brady and say that, you know, he'll pull it out, uh, you know, like two touchdown, like lead. All right. Even with the eight and a half point spread towards the Bucks being the favorites, um, it will be a little more competitive. I hear that. Alex, do you feel the same way? Yeah, I, <laughs> I feel exactly the same way. Um, you guys pretty much said everything I was going to. I think the only way that the Eagles can really keep this close is if they keep Brady on the sideline. Um, Hertz is going to have to run a lot of RPO, um, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of sweeping motions, a lot of, Uh, ground game so if they can get over 200 yards on the ground or close to it I think that they can keep this game close into the fourth quarter but other than that I think it it could it could get out of it could get out of hand really quickly um, with Tampa routing them if they don't all right now the next game after that at 440 on Sunday both CBS and Nickelodeon where they'll even feature an MVP you know, who's going to be taking that after Mitch Trubisky won? <laughs> but anyways, you have a classic matchup. These two franchises had classic games throughout the history of the NFL, and they're meeting up once again, first time since the early 90s. You have the San Francisco 49ers playing Brian's Dallas Cowboys. Right now, mm-hmm. the spread is that the Cowboys are three-point favorites. The 49ers have taken the NFL by storm and been definitely the most surprising most fun and interesting team. At first, you didn't know if it was going to be Trey Lance or Jimmy G. And then Jimmy G said, fuck this. I'm going in when we've seen the rise of Debo Samuel becoming one of the best receivers in the league. Um, Greg Kittle came back. He obviously made the team so much better. And with their still offensive line, you might have a team ready to make a deep run again. But also with Brian's Cowboys team, with their stellar defense, with their stars rising up on the defensive side, whether you have Trayvon Diggs and obviously Michael Parsons looking like LT out there, you got something going on. Dak Prescott set single season records. And you also see the rise of Miles Turner um, taking it over after Ezekiel pretty much, you know, turned into another old running back. So very even matchup going into this game. This is what I'm personally most excited for. It can go either way. And I'm going to throw it first to Brian, who has a dog in this fight. How do you think your Cowboys can defeat this team at home? I'm scared because we're literally playing us. <laughs> we're playing, you know, a great defense and we're playing a offense that should be absolutely fantastic, but at sometimes gets broken. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I see with the 49ers. If Jimmy Garoppolo has a thumb and doesn't throw interceptions early, I don't see us winning. But if Dallas could do two things, have Ezekiel Elliott run for more than 
three and a half yards per carry, <laughs> which he's known to do for five game stretches now is just be below four yards per carry. Um, which I believe is just because of age and his knee is we're going to find the finding in the off season that he has like a meniscus tear or something like that. Like, so, like some type of damage in his knee because he's just not running in stride the way, you know, he was earlier in the season. It comes down to if Tony Pollard is fully healthy, healthy because he has a foot injury right now. And if he's fully able to play, you know, he's going to be, I think getting the carries. Um, and it also comes down to, our best worst player on the defense, which is Trayvon Diggs, who led the league in interceptions, but also led the league in yards allowed as a cornerback. So I call him the best worst. I You're going to have those interceptions when you get thrown at all the time. And that's, you know, he's not Dion. He's growing into maybe being, you know, a Jalen Ramsey, but he ain't Dion yet. So it depends if we could make plays and we could get pressure because Garoppolo is not really one to move around the pocket a lot. If we could get pressure on the 49ers offensive line and, you know, shake it up a bit, I think we will have, you know, a good day. Um, do I think we'll win though? No. Interesting. Very fair perspective. I respect it. Now for the two guys who don't have a dog in the fight, who do you think is going on top in this epic game in Arlington? Um, I think, yeah, like uh, I agree with Brian when it comes, it's going to come down to who has the run game. Uh, and I also think who's going to have more big plays in this game uh, is, is what it's going to come down to. But uh, I have, yeah, I do have the Cowboys uh, by three. I can see a close game like that. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys taking this one. It's going to be about taking care of the, the football, who can reduce their turnovers to a minimum. Um, both teams have the the chance of, you know, really being careless with the ball. I mean, Zeke and Pollard both have had their issues with it. Um, special teams on both sides. And then, of course, Jimmy G just with, you know, ill-conceived passes, um, bad reads. But I think the, the the huge X factor is going to be Debo Samuel. I think if if the Cowboys have issues um, guarding him, I think he could have a huge huge day and give them problems. Um, Kellen Moore, you know, we'll see we'll see what kind of um, uh, what kind of package they have ready for um, for for that defense. I think in order to kind of uh, break apart that front four and keep uh, Dak protected, because uh, San Francisco has a tremendous front four with Armstead. Um, and Bosa, I think they're going to have to really um, spread out the touches with Zeke and Pollard um, and really spread the ball out wide uh, to get it out quick. Kind of similar to um, kind of similar to how I see uh, the Bengals having success against my Raiders is that they're going to have to look in the middle of the field and, and really, you know, get the ball out quick um, in order to, you know, reduce the uh, – reduce the sacks and, and, you know, just negative, negative yardage plays. But I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be down to the wire. I could really go either way on this one. Look at that. And yeah, by the way, I don't know why I said Miles Turner. I meant to say Tony Pollard. I was looking at something before, <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah, like I said, truly a storied rivalry, especially in the playoffs. This is the most evenly matchup game going into this. And you could literally go on a flip of a coin and good luck to you, Brian, with that. We don't get a heart attack. You're about to say something else. I got one thing though. Would it be nice though, to see the Dallas Cowboy coming of age, tight end Dalton Schultz in the right corner of the end zone, <laughs> just jump up right on the star and catch a nice game winning touchdown and just 
have our own catch for once. Maybe, 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 you know, there's a Cinderella story every once in a while. Well, I'll tell you what, Brian, if that happens, I'm going to buy you lunch right here. Oh, I can't wait. That uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. But, you know, oh, that would way, be, that would way, be fun, do, though. See. I do have a dog in this fight because there's there's two types of wins in my world, when the Raiders win and when the Cowboys lose. So I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There are good Cowboys fans, trust me. But you guys. I'm a realistic Cowboy fan. I'm realistic. <laughs> I'm saying they're going to lose. I like realistic fans. They're far, hard to find. I'll be it be interesting. You're right. Exactly. Brian doesn't represent exactly the uh, people we obviously hate in a cowboy <laughs> fan. But um, I guess my other question too is: You think Mike McCarthy's ready for this coming in? This is a big playoff game for him too. If they win the Super Bowl or lose this game, I would fire Mike McCarthy and, and sign Brian Flores. That's how much I hate Brian McCarthy, uh, Matt, Mike McCarthy. Oh, the man is a proxy for Jerry Jones, like Jerry, Jason Garrett. Uh, we won't win a Super Bowl until we actually get a competent head coach. I want Dan Quinn. I've been saying since like week four, I want Dan Quinn as the head coach. Yeah. It was, it would be his time to, to go up, but um, it's definitely going to be fun to see. And we know Jerry wants that Super Bowl. He is up there in age, so we will see how that pans out. And I'm just going to throw this. Who do you think is going to be the MVP? I'm going to say Dak Prescott will win the MVP. Now, you don't have to win the game. Remember, like Mitch Trubisky somehow won the MVP. This is who is going to be an asshole and vote on Twitter for – it's supposed to be for kids, and they're going to pick the game. But, like, I remember Barstow took it over and – the stoolies made Mitch Trubisky win the MVP after losing in New Orleans last year. I'm just curious, who do you guys think would be the MVP? I'll just throw it out. You could just, just simply say a name and we'll see if your prediction comes true. Kittle. Kittle? Yeah, yeah. that's a good choice. Yeah, I got Kittle. Well, it can't it can't be Jimmy G because it's a kid show and he dated a porn star, so that ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, huh? <laughs> um, I would say Kittle, but um, he's not pretty on TV. I'm gonna go Dak. Okay, <laughs> two for two for Kittle, two for Dak. Let's go. Now another. Now this is gonna be something else. You have the Steelers and the Chiefs, twelve and a half point favorites. I guess Big Ben is going to pull off it, hold off his retirement for one or two weeks. Now, these, remember, just two weeks ago, they got destroyed. What was it, 36 to 10? But, you know, stranger things have happened. Do we see at any point or in any scenario that the Steelers could somehow win the Chiefs, or do we think this is just a practice game? But again, football's football, but I really, this team is. Um, other planets, especially for how much the Chiefs have improved in the final five weeks of the season. I hate the Chiefs, so I got faith. <laughs> okay, you're gonna go that. Listen, it, last month- dance. It's very last dance. I could keep on saying big, big Ben out. You know, what I mean, think the chance of him making the playoffs was, alone was like slim to none. And like Mike Tomlin just knows how to play. So you know, what I mean, like he's just a great coach. You got a defense. You got T.J. Watt. It's and we've seen Mahomes be streaky this year. So he's been good lately, but maybe he goes back into that little bit of a rut. Oh boy. The money line right now is five fifty. 
you got a huge payday if you just throw 10 bucks in there. <laughs> hey, good thing FanDuel's uh, around in New York now. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, hey, fuck it. Just Stranger things have happened before. You know what I mean? Like, so stranger things have happened. We'll go here. Brian saying the Steelers will upset the Chiefs. Alex and Tommy, do you feel the same way? I have the Steelers winning with a 10% chance. <laughs> Anything's possible. Like, KG, KG's going to want that residual money. <laughs> Anything's possible. Um, no, I mean, there's always a chance. I just, it's hard for me to conceive on the Chiefs coming out <laughs> undisciplined in the, in the, uh, in this game, I think that they they know what's on the line. Um, they know they can't fuck around. And the the, the issue with with Pittsburgh is that it's been a feel good story with Ben finishing the season, but they haven't really addressed the issues with with the offense that they can't push the ball down the field, and Najee Harris can't really break holes without that offensive line, um, you know, pushing the pile, which they've had issues with all season. And I think that um, I, I think Spagnuolo's defense has corrected itself over the past eight nine weeks. I think if they don't come away with seven or three every time on their drives, I think that um, it's gonna this game could get out of hand pretty quickly. So I'm gonna have the Chiefs winning by at least two touchdowns. <laughs> at least, man. Well, yeah. Again, the only the only saving grace is if 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 they if they can't if they can't if they lose one on one with. Um, TJ Watt, I think he could probably disrupt things, maybe cause a turnover. That's kind of the only saving grace with Pittsburgh, I think, is if they can get a cheap takeaway, cheap touchdown. Yeah, this is uh, – I think anyone who knows football knows that this is going to be – you know, all signs are pointing to a blowout except Brian, but we respect anyone who's willing to be different. I feel possible. like – Everyone says, you know, the Chiefs, and I just I want to be that one guy in history. Like I know I'm gonna be wrong, but if I have it on record that I said the Steelers, I feel a little bit better. But like you never listen, Mahomes, it's a lot of pressure on him now because he had a not Mahomes season. It's very mm-hmm. I can just see it. I could see the overthrow to Minka Fit right to Minka Fitzpatrick. <laughs> I could see the sack fumble by TJ Watt. I could see it right now. I could see Najee Harris is breaking one out and they don't have really a good run game, the Chiefs. So it's like, what happens if, you know, you have a quarter where you really aren't on, you know, point with your receivers. They need a lot of things to work, but it is the Steelers where they catch breaks in a weird way where it could, you know, get lighting in the bottle. Yeah. Well, like I said, 550 on that money line. So <laughs> throw, throw a hundred bucks and get, you know, turn that to, f- you know, five grand and you know, then you'll say, look at me now. Right to the podcast. <laughs> oh, please do, man. Please. I will take anything. Make it rain in that room. It's the human fun for, for the show. <laughs> the human fun. <laughs> <laughs> One final matchup. Monday night football, which is pretty awesome. You have the Arizona Cardinals and the LA Rams. Right now, the Rams are four-point favorites. Here's the thing. The Cardinals obviously, though dipped a little bit, has been the most surprising team to come out of the NFL this year. The Rams just keep adding to their um, deep team repertoire. First, people thought, wow, this is turning to a failed experiment. But then some wins later shows that um, they have a lot to be excited for. Also, one thing to confirm, J.J. Watt, is he coming back? 
I, he did get cleared, right? Yeah, he think it was cleared. official. So you yeah. have JJ Watt joining the defense, which makes a huge difference in this game. Now, knowing that, do we see the Rams pulling it off? Will they justify, you know, handing everything over to these players to have this other team? Or do we see the Cardinals ramping it up um, with new stars and see what Kyler Murray can do with this opportunity? Where do we see this game going? Another densely, evenly matched up football game. Um, I think this game could go either way. Uh, if Matt Stafford isn't struggling and doesn't throw any picks, I can see the uh, Rams taking this one. Uh, but if Kyler can make you know, some of the, some of the cool flashy plays that he made this year, uh, and can stay in the game with the Cardinals, then they could be, uh, they could come out with a win, but I think, uh, the Rams got this one. Mm. I think it's all going to be about pressure. Uh, you know, um, Matt Stafford, you know, just from, I remember when I was a kid, um, like younger, um, the Cowboy Detroit game and Demarcus Lawrence, like that was like his first postseason game. Like I think it was like his rookie year and him and Demarcus Ware got crazy pressure against Stafford and it rattled them up. And like, you know, that game went to the, like the end with a bad call. But regardless of that pressure, you know, with J.J. White Watt back, even if he's 75% healthy, it's going to command a double team with him mm. playing now inside. And now you got Chandler Jones, you have Marcus Golden, you have Zayvon Collins, Isaiah Simmons. Like their front seven has a lot of, you know, playmakers in it. If they can get to Stafford, I think it's going to definitely, you know, rattle the cage a bit and it could become a close game. But I think overall the uh, Rams will win. Huge, 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 huge. What do you say, Alex? Yeah, I think the Rams should win this game. They have every reason to on paper, but um, it, it's going to come down, you know, again, how they execute the offense, how Stafford and McVay uh, prep for this game. Um, if they could reduce the turnovers and, and you know, have, a, um, you know, a balance attack, you know, on the ground and through the air, I think, um, I think, I think they should win this game. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the receiver, the receivers for both sides because um, Cooper Cup is going to be obviously like all eyes on him throughout the game. They're going to be trying to um, double him and and run a bunch of um, you know a, a bunch of decoy stuff to get him off um, get him off track on the outside. But uh, the same thing with Arizona, um, they're going to have to they're going to have to balance out the 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 play calling. Um, Cliff Kingsbury's brand new to this. Um, I have a little more faith in Sean McVay, which is kind of why I give them the nod. But, um, you know, Aaron Donald and Michael Floyd have been a little quiet the past few weeks. So let's see if they can um, dial up some pressure as well. Absolutely. I'll also make make this comment. Um, It might be a battle of the tight ends, Ertz versus Higby, because I could see, you know, the cornerbacks really locking up. Um, you know, AJ Green, you know, Jalen, uh, you know, the, the Ramsey and they got uh, Cardinals have some playmakers where, you know, there could be a possibility that if they do eliminate cup, it might just go into the, you know, these short intermediate throws and routes to like Van Jefferson and, you know, Tyler Higby just over the middle. And then you have, you know, um, if there's getting pressure on Kyler Murray having, you know, Zach Ertz being that safety blanket. So it might come down to who could get, you know, 
what, you know, intermediate routes and, you know, mismatches, you could get those quick, you know, conversions, you know, third and shorts, you know, those second and sevens and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, and the, in the series this season, they split both games and both home teams actually lost. Do you think that has anything to be noted coming into this game? The Rams are going to be home on their quest to try to play a home game in the Super Bowl. I think the past like five, six weeks, I think the Cardinals have just been kind of shaky. I think they got away from what they did best with their identity, which is, you know, relying heavily on the defense, letting Kyler just kind of work in space. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've kind of gotten away from that identity. And at the end of the day, I, I just believe that McVay is going to have those guys far more ready for this game than Kingsbury. I don't know what he's made of in the playoffs. I think that, his a lot of his success, especially with Kyler, is catching teams off um, by surprise. Um, and I think that now that you had a full body of work on them, I think uh, a whole week to prepare for a team like that, um, the Rams should be okay. All right, hear you, hear you. Well, one last thing to do there: we we have identified where we think things are going for the final wild card matchup. So I just want to, we're just you know, I'm just throw this. So who do you think, including the one seeds, who do you think is going to be in the Super Bowl with what we have left? We'll start with Brian, go Tommy and Alex, and then me. I'll start off because uh, you guys' opinions are awesome. I just love hearing it. But I say from everything I've said, the beginning of the season, it was going to be Packers, Bills. The midpoint, I said Packers, Bengals. And now... With everything that has unfolded, I should be a loyal person and stick with the Bills and Packers from the start. I honestly think that the Chiefs have looked really good these past few weeks, especially in the offensive side of the ball. Defense proven a little mightily. And you're right. There it is, that factor. Could this be a yip moment for Patrick Mahomes? Definitely. But I think now in the big spotlight, especially after a very winnable game going into the wildcard matchup, that can only grow the momentum uh, from here on out. So we're going to go with the Packers and Chiefs at this moment for me. Brian, where do you see this going? If Derrick Henry's healthy, Packers, Titans, and the Titans upset the Packers. And I see mm. and I see it going to I could I see I could see it being like an embarrassment. I could see Derrick Henry, if he's healthy, running over the Green Bay Packers. All right. Good stuff. And also who I say, I see the Packers would um, defeat the chiefs. And like you said, Aaron Rodgers begins his next life as a game show host and a major hipster. What do you, <laughs> what do you say, Tommy? Well, I have, uh, so for the NFC championship, I have Packers beating the bucks mm-hmm. and for the AFC championship, I have uh, Titans beating the chiefs. And then for the Super Bowl, I have, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers winning or beating the Titans for the Super Bowl. That would be a hell of a fun matchup. You get Devontae Adams versus Derrick Henry right there. Good stuff. Yeah. Mr. Ranelio, what do you say? Yes, sir. Well, before the beginning of the season, I did have Packers Chiefs, and I'm despite all the crazy bullshit this year, I'm gonna stick with it. Um, <laughs> I think that we're kind of overthinking things, we're a little hyperbolic with the wild card rounds and the divisional rounds ahead of us. Um, I did take 
the Bills as a as a uh, considerable threat, but they're one of those teams where they could either make it to the Super Bowl or they could be out in the first round. It's very difficult to gauge them, and I just I don't really know what to make of the inconsistency with that team right now. Um, I have more faith in the Chiefs as much as I hate saying that as a Raiders fan, but um, I just believe what they what they're made of, and I feel the same way about Green Bay. Um, especially having a week to rest and having a little bit of an easier first round on uh, the divisional level. So I'm going to go um, Chiefs Packers in the Super Bowl. Okay, good stuff. Well, gentlemen, that completes what we got today. Nothing but a great time. We'll see you all in a week as we cover, we react to how good our picks was for the wild card and then preview the divisional round. And we will take in this month, the month of the NFL postseason. I appreciate you guys. Brian McCune, Tommy Brown, Alex Renelio. Thank you, gentlemen, as always. And uh, we'll see you really soon. Let's enjoy some football right here, right now. How about them Cowboys? (laughs) (laughs) Raider Nation. (laughs) Take care, gentlemen. All right. Have a great night, guys. I can't thank enough my guests today, Brian, Alex, and Tommy. The three of you and your football minds, your football IQ, and your genuine passion for being awesome led to an epic podcast today. Thank you, gentlemen. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProdConvoPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. So programming note, for the rest of the month... We're just going to be doing podcasts once a week on Tuesdays with the exception of next week. We're actually going to do the show on Wednesday. All this month, we're focusing on the NFL playoffs. And again, as I'm still transitioning to my new home in New Jersey and finding a new times uh, and finding time to edit and get some podcasts underway. I have been scheduling interviews and I've been talking with people. I just am needing a few more weeks to find time to edit these shows, get used to my new schedule, continue to apply for new jobs and get my career back on track in production. So again, once a week this month, January, 2021, with the exception of next week, we're actually going to be doing the podcast on Wednesday, the 18th. Sorry, Wednesday the 19th is when the episode is going to air next week. And then we are going to do shows on Tuesdays up until the end of the Super Bowl. So if you're a football fan, you are in the right place right here, right now. On top of your coverage from your other outlets, the Productive Conversations football team has got you covered throughout the NFL playoffs. Then once the postseason ends, we're going back to where we originally started and having productive conversations with various people from all over this world. And no matter what your background is, no matter who you are, we could stay productive. So we will bring back our regularly programmed interviews for our podcast after the NFL playoffs. Then, of course, we'll focus on the NBA if baseball gets back on track and we'll try to get into some hockey. We're working on that. And, of course, the pop culture conversations are going back to fold as I'm creating my pop culture correspondence team. As you have noticed, whether it's basketball or 
football, a little bit of baseball. When I do panel shows, we're now going to transfer that idea into a productive pop culture team. And yes, you will definitely recognize the faces throughout the first 125 episodes. They're going to come back to talk all things pop culture with me. Then we got a little wrestling coming back as well. The tweet cap will be returning. And yeah, again, as this has been a very unique time in my life, just literally trying to get my shit together. We're still just moving. We're using our strong will and hearts to get through these crazy days. And we know it's all going to be all worth it and there'll be better days ahead. So as I continue to grind and go up that mountain, the podcast will be going there with me. Even we have to just pivot a little, but we're still making our best shows yet. And we're only getting better from there. So thank you all for sticking by me. Thank you for sticking by the show. Thank you for supporting the amazing guests that come on. And yeah, We are not giving up. We are simply not giving up. So with that, I'm back on Wednesday with the crew, Wednesday the 19th. And until then, enjoy your week. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend. Be safe. Do well. And keep making us proud. And don't forget to check in on your friends and family. My name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. I'll see you all very soon. Bless up, everybody. Peace. All she needed was some. All she needed was some. All she needed was some. All she needed was some.